1: dot com slash sports dot com, the way tire buying should be
0: this is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with Lavar Arrington Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio
1: and the draft uh, we were out there in Las Vegas a tremendous uh, job put on by everybody involved Bellagio MGM Grand uh, they were fantastic uh, so now here's the question all right Who's the a-hole, right? I got to know who the a-hole is because it feels like in this draft – a lot of people were exposed. All right, It feels like in this draft, we had a lot of so-called experts talking about uh, players are going to go here and this is what the first round is going to look like. And then all of a sudden, we get through the first round. Then we get into the second round. Just quarterback specifically, and I don't know of anybody, of all the draft experts who had their mock drafts put up, I don't know of anybody that had the first quarterback going, falling to pick 20, and then not another one going in round two, and finally uh, another one goes in round three, and it's not even a Malik Willis, it's Desmond Ritter to the Falcons. I just got to know, was this, did people get exposed as maybe not knowing as much as they pretend to know when it comes to the NFL draft?
2: Here's the hard part about piggybacking on that is there are like always so many smoke screens and there's so many times you hear organizations, you know, various people you'll talk to, they'll say one thing and then do another. It happens all the time. And this year was one of those years where every single person I talked to, whether it be a coach, uh, a front office executive, or a scout, they all kept saying this quarterback class is not very good. And, you know, one of the things someone said to me after the draft when I, like, kind of texted, we were texting back and forth about it was, well, look at the movement of quarterbacks this offseason, of veteran guys. Whether it's Russell Wilson or the Browns in their move for Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, like, Look at what took place. Now, it's not a knock necessarily on any of those players. It was more of that teams were looking at what was coming in the draft and saying, that's not my solution. I'm not going to find a solution in the draft. And so you had heard people talk about it. We've we talked about it at length. Where I messed up or where I feel like, you know, I fell victim to what everyone else, what we've seen in the past is, you'll have bad draft classes where guys still get overdrafted. And so that was one where I I feel like we were told it, people said it over and over and over again, and then it actually ended up happening, which is, to me, not the norm in the draft. Usually, you don't see the NFL collectively say, eh, those guys will be there. They'll be there in the third round. They'll be there in the fifth round. Like Usually, they do not make that sort of statement.
3: I think in this year's draft, it's safe to say, the scouts actually had to work this year. <laughs> and and I think that it was a cool draft to watch if you're a true fan of the game because while some of the names seemingly are, are known names, a lot of them are obscure names that were in this draft. But there were a lot of quality football players that went in this draft. And, and that's what I like the most about this year's draft was you know, sometimes, and, and, and take it for what it's worth, but sometimes you, you get a little, I guess, spoiled by having the big names and, and especially when it's the big names with a quarterback or quarterbacks, plural. You, you get spoiled by, you know, the the two-horse or the three-horse race between them and the, the storylines dominated. This year was pretty balanced. and And there were a lot of question marks surrounding – the quarterback's position and i i just think that when you're looking at what these teams did in retrospect i mean man to see what 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 the new york teams were able to get done to see what philadelphia i mean jacoby dean uh, you know i i i think when you we look at this draft and we look back to it and and we see what what he does He's going to be one of those guys. Like, how did he get to where he ended up? You're, we're going to look at some of these guys that went later. Maybe Malik Willis is one of those guys. After a while, you're like, man, when he comes in, you're going to be like, man, people really passed up on him. I think this is one of those types of drafts where you you have to be a fan of the game to really enjoy it, you know, or you're going to miss the value of like, man. This is a guy, he Went a little bit later, you're going to enjoy seeing him play. Like, there's a lot of those. And, and for what it's worth, I was on my text message a lot um, while the draft was going on and after the draft, just talking to some of the guys that, that I've been in their lives and, and they were getting drafted. Uh, Jesse Liketa went to Arizona. I, I told him, I said, listen, I said, Chandler's gone. There, there's, a, there's a spot for you. You know there's an opportunity for you to to do something that's great and nobody even really knows who you are. And I think that that's that's what this year's draft represents. There are going to be guys that nobody knows who they are and you have the opportunity to develop under obscurity. You don't have the pressure of all of the fanfare and all of the media coverage that bought you into the draft that doesn't give you really a lot of time to adapt and to adjust to coming into the National Football League. So a lot of this obscurity that was connected to these draft picks and this draft, I think really in a lot of ways, if you take it the right way, if, if, you, if you have humility about what the situation was and you're just grateful for the fact that you got in and you're going to get an opportunity, even to the free agents that you know I was speaking to, this could be the best opportunity for you anyway and and I think that that's where the league is going. It's like you go top 10, and after that, it's like, ah, it's nice to get drafted. After the top 10, it's nice to get drafted in the second round. Heck, even nice to say I got drafted in the third round. But the bottom line is these slotted contracts, you're, you're locked into a rookie contract. No matter what that is. And that's not going to be that, that much money anyway. So you're going to have to play your way to the money anyway. Even those top 10 guys outside of quarterbacks, you're going to have to play your way to the money anyway. So if you end up being a little bit of a later draft, you might go to a better team. There might be an opportunity for you to play right away. There were a lot of positives to take from what took place in this year's draft. Georgia had 15 players drafted. Fifteen.
1: And I heard uh, it was Charles Davis was talking about it as they were wrapping up on Saturday. And he said, you know, if you wanted to, you could actually expand the number to 18 because there were some guys that transferred other places. True.
2: Like like, like, Jermaine Johnson, case (laughs) in point. 15 players. That guy was a first round pick. So, yeah.
1: It's it's unbelievable.
2: The most ever. And and, and so you go back (laughs) to that draft class. I believe it was the 2018, uh, excuse me, recruiting class. Uh, That was the top one. There's your result. Like, like, there's your result, and, and I don't know, you know, we'll see where Texas A&M ends up here in three or four years, whatever it is, but that was one of the things that you, you started, you obviously were witnessing in the first round, have, what, five Georgia players go, or five, you know, defensive players and all that. And then you see 15 in total, which sets the record, right? Surpasses yeah. Ohio State, surpasses Miami.
1: LSU um, had uh, 14 in, from the 2019 class.
2: Right. And that was another one that, you know, I, I think some people viewed that as, as up there. But that Miami class, you were like, come on. This is one of the all-time greats. <laughs> uh, so you, it's, it, it just goes to show you, like, how even college football and the way, whether it's the transfer portal or other things, how it's impacted it has even changed how we're, how it's impacting the draft when you really think about it.
1: Do you yeah. think NIL is going to make it to where we never see this record broken? No, because I
3: think NIL will make it breakable. You
1: think so? Because it feels like NIL broken. makes it even. It makes it even to you just listen to what Brady field? just said?
3: Yeah. If you're listening to what he just said, yeah. he that, wasn't. He's so, to ask so,
1: sorry about that, Lamar. <laughs> sorry. I apologize. Sorry.
3: You're going to get the best players. The best players are going to go like Texas AM, for whatever it is, whatever it's worth, whatever they did, those people are there. And those are draftable people. You know? So you all legal. I mean, yeah. all,
2: all legal at this point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but but what he's saying is is that the whole NIL is going to lead to people going into the transfer portal, leveraging the NIL. You're you're basically I mean, it's basically going to turn into buying players. And, and they're all going to go to – so if it's Tennessee this year, Tennessee is going to find a way to get the best players in, boom. Then you're going to end up having 16 kids, 17 kids going to the NFL draft when they're coming out in their draft classes. It's actually going to kind of turn into basketball if you really think about it. Yeah. It's going to turn into basketball where, the, where the, the school that finds a way to leverage the NIL well enough the, will bring the, that group of guys out of those classes for that
2: amount of time. The the payers will find the players. There you that, go. That's what it comes down to. There you go. And, and the schools that are willing to invest the most in that moment are going to have the best shot at it. And some would say that Georgia, before NIL came along, <laughs> was that school that was willing to invest the most, um, even though it might have been under the table. And that's that's going to be the difference. But I do I do think it it almost has a direct impact on drafts moving forward, where you're going to start seeing. A lot of players taken from maybe one specific school, uh, which is why I brought up Texas A&M, because they had the most recent number one class. You know, those what 30 million dollars they raised or whatever it was, again, all legal. That's how this thing works now with NIL. I think that's the thing that could change that would impact it. Yeah. Is is if there ends up being, whether it's a, a federal law, which maybe seems unlikely, or even the, the status of these athletes changes where universities get together, and I think that's how it would have to happen, and they say, we want to try to put in rules to limit the craziest and, and, and lack of structure right now, and then we're going to break off and do our own thing. I, I think that world is rapidly approaching, and that's what would
0: change things. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: we talked about the uh, the Baker Mayfield situation. Uh, he is still a member of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, there was some discussions back and forth about potentially uh, Baker Mayfield being involved in some sort of a trade during draft weekend. That did not happen, so uh, we wait to see how this is all going to play out for Baker and the Browns and where he ends up. The other name that's out there uh, is Debo Samuel, and uh, we saw A.J. Brown obviously get dealt. Uh, we saw uh, Hollywood Brown uh, get traded as well too. Um, Hollywood uh, Brown Big fan of up on game. Yeah, uh, big, uh, <laughs> big fan of uh, T.J. Hushmanzada and uh, Labar Arrington and Plaxico Burris. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Debo Samuel is still a member of the San Francisco 49ers. He has not been traded. Um, and according to John Lynch, uh, the general manager, <clears throat> excuse me, in San Francisco, Debo Samuel, nothing has changed. Uh, they feel the way that they feel. But Lynch did try and update the media. This was over the weekend.
0: You know, we were convicted that Debo uh, is a tremendous fit for this team.
1: And, uh, you know, as I said during the presser the other day, uh, you know, I, I would love to share with everyone. But I, I think there is a sanctity to the privacy of those conversations.
2: And so we're going to keep it as such. Um So, you know, we listened,
1: but, you know, nothing moved us. And it was going to take something spectacular because I think he's a spectacular player. I know he is. One of the reports out there say the Niners were offered the number 10 pick from the Jets and a fifth round pick for Debo Samuel and a second. Uh, The Detroit Lions reportedly also had something to offer for Debo Samuel. But as John Lynch said, uh, nothing moved him. So now we sit with a Debo Samuel, still a 49er. So there's that. Mm. I mean, uh, I, I just think at some point, I, I, do you think the 49ers are just taking a hard line approach? Like, listen, we're not going to play the game every other team in the NFL is playing. We're, we're, we're just we're, like, if you want to come in and offer up something significant, that's fine. But we're not going to cave. Uh, and we plan on him being here next season.
0: I
2: mean, the, the tough thing is, is he only has one year left on his deal. And so the 49ers should want to, you know, look at paying him or extending him, if they believe as much as John Lynch says they do, they should be working on a long-term contract extension. The problem is it comes down to value. And so I, I think what if I was in Debo's shoes and I felt like the organization is not going to trade me, I would try to sign as short of a deal as possible with as much money up front as possible. I think the guaranteed signing mark you'd want to try to surpass is the $57 million, which – he probably won't be able to, but let's just say 50 million. That'd be my aiming point. And then I would say, and, and so let's say it's a three-year extension. So you'd rip up, you know, this year, but you would include that, you know, kind of as, as part of it. it'd really be a two-year extension, but you'd have three years. Like that would be the, that would be my goal if I was Debo. And I felt like I don't want to have to sit out and do the whole holdout thing and, see, and, and force that hand. Let's keep playing let's see where I end up, you know, what I can do in the next couple of years. And if I can replicate what I did a year ago, which is hard to do in the NFL, I'll even have more of a case where they've got to pay me. So that that might be one of the thoughts that's going on right now with him and his agent. But I, I don't know. Maybe just that, that offer wasn't sweet enough from the Jets. It sure as heck seemed like it was, but that ship has sailed. You know, they went with Garrett Wilson. They've already moved on with, with you know, their draft, the way they went about doing it and you know, the, the tough thing is i think for the 49ers and correct me if i'm wrong if, if you guys were watching the draft and you think otherwise but you know I, I didn't i didn't necessarily look at what the 49ers did in the draft and say to myself like oh um you know they were they were looking to replace Debo Samuel i mean they got Danny Gray who's a hell of a player at smu and he's not Debo in the sense of, like, what Debo can do out of the backfield or, you know, get the ball in his hands like that to be a more physical guy yards after contact, but he is fast, and he will perform well in a Kyle Shanahan system. But, again, I didn't look at him as, like, the replacement to Debo, just a different type of player. So I think had they gone in the second round and – um you know drafted a wide receiver along with what they did in the third round and drafting a wide receiver maybe it feels a little different like the writing's on the wall I, I didn't get that feeling from watching their draft
3: I just feel like where we're at now we're again I'm going to continue to drill down the fact that the the rules of engagement the protocol of how wide receivers handle getting their contracts is changing right in front of our faces I mean that's just how I feel about it. I I think that we can use all the logic that that we want, but in the end, these these rec- these receivers are wanting and demanding what they feel is their true value as it applies to the importance of what they bring to the position, and that's what they're they're leaning on, whether deserving or not, whether he can come back and have that production or not. Regardless, if he, if you are in the conversation of elite receiver in this league, it seems as though the evolution of how it's almost like how it was with running backs while running backs were the hottest commodity out there. I mean, and obviously Ezekiel Elliott messed it up for everybody. Oh. You know, I mean, I hate to do that, I mean, I mean but he kind of sort of has never had a great year really. Like the ones he had prior to getting his his major payday, and you know he held out and waited for it. You know I just think that the way that these these receivers are doing it now, there is a commitment to this is the number that this is the range I want to be in, and I'm not and I am not going to budge on being in
1: this this range of what my contract is going to be. I mean, I just – and the Odell Beckham stuff, I don't know what that was. Did you guys see what Odell Beckham was doing on Twitter? Like, he sent out some weird tweets saying uh, Debo Samuel to the Patriots, and Debo was kind of like, wait, what? And then he just, like, went, oh, I apologize. It's just – the whole thing's weird. Receivers are weird. They're a little different because
3: they're on islands. That's why I corner – they say cornerbacks and receivers, they're wired differently, just different, different type of people. Because they're, they're loners. They're, they're, they're not really loners, but they're alone. They're out there. They're by themselves. You know, when they're going I, downfield, it's just they're different. It's weird, man.
2: I, I also think it plays into <clears throat> their position having more of an ego because there's this thought that, to Lavars point, of them being on an island, like they're out doing it themselves. Yeah. Right? Like, like yep. they're the ones out there doing it. They're the ones out there, like, making that play, whether it's, it's on offense or defense. And so there's almost, like, this feeling of, like, you know, if you're a quarterback, I, I love my old linemen. Like, like, they're always a byproduct of my success. If they're blocking well, I'm going to be able to throw the football well, right? If, if you're a running back, same thing. If they're blocking the guys up front, I can get the second level, I'm going to have a shot of doing something special, right? And even though the offensive line plays just as big of an impact on those wide receivers and their ability to catch the ball, because that pass isn't getting off unless you have protection – and then your quarterback, obviously, putting a spot where you can go get it. There's still this element of, uh, you know, a wide receiver feeling like, well, they're running the route, they're the ones making the play, and they're the ones getting it across the goal line, and that's all them. So there, there is a bit of this like weird egotistical, you know, way in which I think they view the game. And, and there's also like this emotional component where you can do your job if you're a wide receiver. You can block your tail off. You can run routes as precise as you were asked to do the right routes depending on the coverage that they change to at the snap of the football if it's press or if he's off of you all that stuff you could be you could do your job perfect for an entire game and not get one ball yeah and that could be frustrating right that's why you see some of the guys just throw tirades and they get frustrated about it like there is elements of that and and that's why and that's why I think it's just a unique unique, weird position. And so as a quarterback, you always appreciated the guys, at least as wide receivers, that weren't the guys who created a bunch of you know emotional stirs, and they just did their job. And when the ball came the way, they caught the football and they did their job or they made a play. Like, those are the guys you always appreciated the oh,
1: most. I, I mean, there, there's a chance that, uh, <laughs> that the Niners could take a real step back next year because we don't know what Trey Lance is. Uh, we're assuming they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then if they do trade Debo Samuel – I mean, look, I, I still think Seattle is probably the worst team in the division, but it would not surprise me if San Fran missed the, missed the playoffs next year, even in I, a down NFC.
2: You got to think that Garoppolo's not going to be dealt from the 49ers to Seattle. In the division, just doesn't no, make sense. No. Baker has to be thinking that that's his most likely landing spot, is Seattle. <sighs> I mean, I, I just, I, Carolina already took a quarterback. And I know it wasn't that high, but – and, and even then, they already went to the 2018 draft class with Sam Darnold. <laughs> I don't think they're making that move again. So I, I look at the landscape and just say, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you look at Houston and you say, would he be going there if Davis Mills isn't the guy? Then he comes in there and it pans out. Maybe that's a thought. Or Seattle. But outside of that, I just – I I don't know where else he would end up. Because it's not like Pittsburgh's a reality anymore. We talked about, it, hey, if he got cut, would he end up in Pittsburgh? That'd be, that'd be fun to see what would happen there. Kenny Pickett's the guy now. So that's not a, a realistic scenario. You know, maybe the Giants. Like if I was him, I would hope they'd cut me at this point so I have my pick and I could go to the Giants. Because I don't think the Daniel Jones experiment is going to work out, and I think that roster is going to be a lot better suited than people realize to have some success. And Baker could maybe thrive in that.
1: And also, I mean, he's already uh, you know removed uh, Tyrod Taylor from a starting job once before, so apparently uh, he would just follow the trend line there in New York uh, because he is the backup at this point. So, uh, who do you guys think? uh, Who, if you had your choice, he's healthy. Garoppolo's healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker? Garoppolo. You take Garoppolo? Absolutely.
2: I, it's, it's- I think I think here's the problem. The upside with Baker, I think, is higher. But I also think you might have a lower floor. So there's, there's like, volatility there, right? Like, you could one week get this and the next week get that. And where Jimmy G is a little more of a steady hand. But to me, there's too much of an injury concern with him. I mean, say what you want about Baker last year, but at least he played through the stuff. So. Yeah. I, I, as did Jimmy G, I guess, but I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say Baker, but it's close, man. And I think it has to do more with his age
0: and maybe durability, I guess, to a certain degree. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball.
0: News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's
1: the good news?
0: Here's Brady Quinn. Yes. Yay. All hey. right, guys. Come on. All Woo.
1: right. Need that news. Yeah. You guys want to update? Yeah. You news. Yeah. Heard? Yes. Crapgate. Well,
2: she's set to testify tomorrow, Uh-oh. folks. Fairfax, Virginia. That's right. <laughs> um, however, she's not happy about the headlines. Of course she's not. And how she's being portrayed throughout this lawsuit. So. She fired her PR team, a, a, a crisis PR firm called Precision Strategies. Oh, wow. She fired them late last week. About, uh, she doesn't like how things are being portrayed about her side
1: of all of this. I huh. mean, is it their fault she took a crap in a bed? Right. I mean, well, you can't take, make be chicken salad out of chicken. Yeah, you know. I mean, be accountable. Yeah. What do you want us That's to do? That's still going to be chicken ass. Yeah, you, you can't you know. put a, a band-aid on a gunshot yeah. wound, you know? I mean, yeah. you
3: can, but you know, it's, it's not going to. It much. might not do much. Yeah, yeah that's a good right. point. There you go. yeah.
2: <laughs> she's uh, she's Jeez. now hired consulting firm Shane Communications. Uh, I do not know anything about the uh, consulting business, so outside of Mackenzie, I'll just <laughs> I'll stay out of that. But uh, Shane Communications, good luck. Uh, good luck with uh, pleasing Amber Heard, which feels like if uh, if Johnny Depp couldn't. Well, oh, uh, wow. 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 That, you know what?
1: That's why this is award winning, because right when you think he's a professional and you and I are making <laughs> hey, the obscene jokes, a yeah, he comes in there over the top yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 That Brady well, Quinn. Way to do it. Way to do um, it,
3: Keith. All right.
2: Let's, let's transition to a, a woman who, well, she didn't want to be displaced by her landlord when he found out she had a pet. They don't allow pets in this specific property, so she decided to marry her cat, and uh, that was the legal workaround from Mm. getting evicted uh, from her place, (laughs) her
0: apartment. (laughs) Hold on a second, hold on. Deborah
2: Hodge, she's 49 years old. Is Um, she hot? uh, No, Uh, and and I meant the cat. Well, it's it's a cute cat. It looks like honestly your typical. I was really you know, gonna
3: say something inappropriate. <laughs> cat. I know you were. It was it's yeah. five fifty two though eight fifty two and I'm gonna cheese. leave it alone. She Coast.
2: married her cat. She <laughs> married a cat. Yeah. Malita. Her oh. cat is named uh, India. <laughs> so. What a loser! Yeah. You get it, <laughs> India.
3: <laughs> the irony
0: to all of it too. Yeah. Is, uh, it's a plump pussy right there.
3: Whoa! <laughs> I'm glad you did it because I was ready to do it. She's I'm recently did, lost Berto. her
2: job as a life coach. So <laughs> I
1: wonder how this is
2: the uh, the next turn in her life that she decided. Well,
1: let's well let's be honest. I mean, are you really going to take life advice from some dead end who's marrying a cat? So she doesn't get evicted. I mean, what a loser. <laughs> what a well, there's loser. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'd, I'd love to sit down with one of her exes. Just be like, hey, when did you know? That you like, were going to lose your chick <laughs> like,
2: like, when, to when, like, like, a
1: pussycat. Like, like, when did you know? you start lighting stuff on fire? Like, what, what, what was going on at the house that you knew, I got to get out of this relationship? What a disaster. Where well, you tripped Absolute
3: out when sad. you saw her
1: using the catnip. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was that the first indicator? Was that the giveaway? Oh boy! What Jeez. was that? Hey, was that
1: Dick Enberg, uh, Burdo on the? Uh, this is Dick Enberg talking yeah, about a cat yeah. that ran onto the field. <laughs> is this
0: uh, a, yeah, <laughs> a hit? Or that's or a pussy right there. <laughs> 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 ah. Dick ah. Ah. Enberg, oh, may God rest his soul. Dick Enberg, one of the all-time greats.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: um, all right, last one here. Um, as you could imagine, if a four-year-old got behind a vehicle. Uh, it's not going to end well. Oh, God. Uh, well, that's the case here. No one was injured. However, a, a four-year-old boy, after his dad went off to work on a Saturday, his mom was still sleeping, he went ahead and thought, I'll just take mom's keys and take the car off for a joyride in his pajamas and barefoot. Well, ended up hitting a couple of vehicles, <laughs> got out, though, like a boss, and uh, eventually the cops were called, and fortunately, again, everyone's safe.
1: Four years
3: old? Four years old. Mm. Surprising if he reached the pedals, right? a, I don't oh, get it. He was it. hungry. He was trying to go get some McDonald's. You yeah, know, but
0: how's you know?
1: he reaching the pedals?
3: Yeah, that's a big, big-ass four-year-old a, uh, human
0: big <laughs> Oh, my God. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 all right.